Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Who here has been on an encounter? Raise your hand. Yeah, so a very good amount of our congregation and each one of those people that raise their hands know how amazing of a time it is. This year we're having two different sections for our encounter. They're both happening on Saturday, March the 4th. There's an adult encounter registration. You can do so on our website, on the newsletter link, and then in the Welcome Center in the foyer after service. The cost is $60. Great deal. Meals are included. It's a full day event. And the deadline to register is February the 24th. And then we also have a youth encounter registration this year, which we're really excited about. You can do so. You can register in the Children's Church foyer after service. Um, a Wednesday night if you're a junior youth, and then Friday night if you're a senior youth. The cost for that is $30. And the deadline to register is February the 26th. Take our word for it. Somebody has a testimony as well, so if you can play that video. Hi. Um, for those who know me well would know that um, I'm generally a person of few words. Um, I don't have a fear of public speaking. My big fear is misspeaking. So I'm often very quiet, and that is why. So um, for me, when I heard about this encounter, um, I knew I had to go. I signed up quickly, but I didn't know what to expect. So um, I've become a bit of a planner and an organizer, and um, responsibility is something that's been placed on me at um, a pretty young age. So I've come up and felt that I have to do everything on my own. I have to organize. I have to plan. And honestly, um, one of the big things that I've been working on and I thought I gave up to God was giving him the pen, giving him the authority and letting him do what he needs to do. Because in my life, um, I've been, I've planned and I've been redirected and I've taken the redirection. Um, my heart has always made a plan, but it's God that establishes my steps. And I have found every step of the way, every redirection I have taken, he has made something that I could never have even thought to plan on my own. He is so good. So when I was listening to all of these messages in the encounter, there weren't too many that were I was not aware of. But what the Holy Spirit was bringing to me is, I didn't really give it all up. I gave what was comfortable, what I wanted to give him. I thought it was everything, but I was holding. I was holding way too much responsibility, way too much planning, way too much. This is how I think it's supposed to go, so let that go. Another incredibly important word came to me um, about generational curses. I had accepted that my sins, part of it is going to be inherited by my kids, and that's just it. And that I'm going to pray that God holds my kids close, but I knew they would struggle, and part of it is mine. What I was made aware of is that they can be broken. So since I've taken some redirection that in the moment I didn't understand and it led to my baptism and my kids were there, I can happily and confidently give you a praise report that by the end of today, both of my kids are saved and they've chosen baptism. God is so good and he is always moving. Amen, amen. So good. 
All right, so I know we've had a lot of announcements and a lot of things to talk about this morning, but if we could have your attention for just a couple moments longer, you know, last week we kicked off our series on effective habits with prayer and the importance of praying. Um, And if you've been reading, scrolling through, or watching the news at all this week, you know that there have been a lot of events that have happened around the world, in our nation, that really could use our prayer. So if you would join us for a couple moments, we want to pray for the earthquake that happened in Turkey and Syria. When I checked last night, the death toll had already surpassed 28,000 people and rescue crews are still on the ground trying to recover individuals and families. Um, And there was also a bus that crashed into a daycare in Quebec. It killed two children, six were injured or in the hospital, and the bus driver is being charged with murder, leaving his own family behind. And so there's just so much to pray for. So would you join us this morning? Dear God, in moments... Like these, we just choose to come before you because we know that you hear our cries. Lord, we pray for all of the individuals and families involved in these tragedies. We ask that you just wrap your love around them. We ask that they feel your presence close and that they feel the peace that only you can provide, God. Lord, we pray for communities and the churches on the ground. We ask that you would equip and empower them to be your hands and your feet that they would provide comfort to the grieving, food to the hungry, shelter to the homeless, and grace and compassion for those in need of it. Lastly, we pray for your global church, God, including ourselves. We pray that you would guide us and show us what you might be calling each of us to do, be it physically, financially, or prayerfully. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would stir in each of us the desire to do your will and to love people well. And everyone said? Amen. All right, so today we are continuing our Effective Habits series. Um, Pastors Larry and Jean Johnson will be joining our panel, and the message is titled Loving. So would you welcome them to the stage? Hello, everyone. So glad you're all with us today as we're getting up on the stage. There's a football game going on today. Is uh, anyone cheering for the Eagles? How about the Chiefs? How many don't care? <laughs> Honesty is good. This is good. Can I help you? At first service, we, we had a little uh, rock, paper, scissor contest between the Chiefs fans and the Eagles fans to see who was going to win tonight. And it uh, looks like the Eagles disqualified themselves by not following the rules. We'll have to see what happens tonight. (laughs) All right. We are talking about effective habits of loving. And uh, last week we had a lot of fun with uh, Margie, Chris, and Kimberly as we talked about some habits of prayer. Hopefully you're applying those habits to your life. And uh, now today uh, I'm up here with Pastors Larry and Jean, and I'm going to let them tell you a little bit about themselves as we get started today. I'll let my wife begin. <laughs> well, good morning. It's just such a... Okay, I guess you have to turn it on, right? <laughs> uh, it's just a privilege to be here. And thank you, uh, Pastor RJ, just for allowing us to yeah. um, be a part of this work. We are so blessed. Well, first of all, I'm a wife to this guy for... It'll be 60 years this year, November 30th. And um, then I'm a mom and a grandmom, and hallelujah. 
But I think the most important thing is that, that we just love God. We mm. just love Jesus. We're just glad to be here. We're glad to just be amongst you. That is such, such a privilege. So, hallelujah. Amen. And uh, I farmed for 25 years, so uh, when you're farming, you, there's not much you can do about it except plant the seed in the ground. And you have to just depend on the Lord. So I learned a lot through that and learned to trust the Lord. And, and uh, it was just awesome what I learned through farming and just through the natural things that God put before me that really patterned my life. So I'm just so grateful. Well, I'm thrilled that you're both up here with us today. So today we're going to be talking about effective habits, and we're going to continue this with loving. And how many know as a Christ follower, loving God and loving people is something that he has commanded us to do? Amen. Yeah. In Matthew 22, 37 to 39, when he's talking about the great commandment, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's an expectation that Jesus has placed on his followers, and he's actually put it into the category of command. So it's not if you feel like it or when you want to. It's something that he's commanded us to do, and that's to love other people. And I think it's important that we as Christ's followers take on his nature and character, especially in this area, and that's why we're talking about this today, because really you need to form the habit of loving people inside of your life. So foundationally, as I invite everyone into our conversation, which means we're going to talk and we're inviting you to listen, um, so everyone understands the format for the panel, um, I'm going to ask some questions and then we'll have a conversation about it. Let's start with, what is love? What are we even talking about when we talk about loving people? Oh my, that's a big subject. Uh, but you know, God gave us a command from the beginning through Moses. Uh, he gave the Ten Commandments and and he said, I want you to obey him. And uh, then here comes Jesus along and says, I not, not only want you to obey him, but I'm going to give you a heart so you want to, not have to. So it just is just a total different concept that Jesus laid on us that it's just so much easier to, to just obey him because of his great love for us. Amen. And, and, and I think, oh, oh. go ahead, hon. And what is love? Mm -hmm. Did you want to speak first? Or? No, I was just going to say, John 3, 16, 17 really lets us know how much Jesus loves us. Yeah, yes, very much so. And, uh, but what is love? I, I searched, or you know, you just wonder really, what is love? My wife can wrap her arms around me and tell me how much she loves me, but... Uh, is that just a natural love, or is it's what I need, though, of course. <clears throat> and, uh, but, uh, but anyway, in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, it really tells us about what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not, does not dishonor others. It is self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. 
It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Hallelujah. So that is really something to get a hold of. <laughs> and we don't always want to love. We don't always want to be kind. Uh, but I'm sure glad I have a wife that's loving and kind to me, you know, in spite of myself. Uh, <laughs> Not every day. You know, I love... <laughs> Just, it's just the way it is, you know. But I love this scripture, too, because I call it my double C scripture. First of all, it's comforting, isn't it? I mean, this is what God is. This is a picture of God. This is a picture of Jesus. And when the word, Larry just got through saying the word perseveres, can you imagine how much Jesus persevered to oh stay goodness. on the cross? to stay on the cross. Wow. I'm just, he is the example to us of goodness, kindness, not boasting, not being proud. Wow. Wow. I just, oh, but this scripture is also challenging, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> like I said, I'm not kind every day. Um, sometimes I even don't want to be kind. And I have to just lay, and I have. I literally, I've seen other kind people, and then it makes me feel ashamed. I think, oh, wow. And I've literally laid my hand on my own heart and said, God, make me kind. I can't be kind on my own, but through Jesus, I can be kind. And also, I think it's a choice, isn't it? We can choose to love. Um, it's just that we need to remember, just remember how much God loved us, and then it makes the choice much easier. Yeah, one thing that really helped me was that I realized that God gave us a spirit of self-control. Mm. You know, when you want to do something, it's uh, easy to do it, or that we could do it in, the, in our natural flesh, but we have that spirit of self-control that kind of, nudges us, and uh, I call it the check spirit and the ek spirit. I mean, if you're not supposed to do it, it's ek, and, uh, and, uh, or a check mark or a, a, a signal light, something that lets us know that that's just not the thing to do. But, but we have that. We have the spirit of self-control. That's how and why, or that's how we can do this. That's how I can do it, just because... Uh, the spirit's in control. Mm -hmm. So as I'm listening, you know, we're talking about what love is, and there's many aspects of love. We could probably do a panel every day for the next 10 years and not exhaust just God's love, not even talking about the rest of it. But ultimately, I, th I heard you reference John 3.16 in, in, you know, love gives. God gave his son to us and for us as humans, uh, Christ followers, we have to come to the place where we understand how much God really loved us and how much he does love us. And it always brings me back to that Romans 5, 8, where God talks, it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. <laughs> even when you weren't looking for God, he was still willing to come and die for you. Even when you weren't even 
God wasn't on your radar. A Christ follower, that wasn't on your radar at one point in your life, but Jesus still came and died for you in advance. And I see in my Bible as I read it, I think it's 12 times you see the word compassion in the scriptures. Mm. And Jesus was often moved with compassion on the people that he ministered to. And I think that his compassion, when, they, when he looked on people with compassion, it tapped into their faith and it produced an atmosphere. And you saw some healing and some deliverance and some freedom where Jesus just loved people and he healed people who were sick. He delivered those that were struggling and oppressed and he wanted people to come to a place of greater wholeness. And I get a sense that as we're learning to receive the love of God and realizing how much God loves us, it helps us with our identity. That, that Not the selfish love where it's all about me, but that I was made in the image of God, right? I'm an image bearer. And, and I was not created to be worthless. I was created with a design and with a purpose by the creator. And when we receive the love of God and we understand our identity as an image, image bearer, it helps us in response to his love to also love others, you know? And uh, Franklin and Real, they read that earlier in First John, right? When, when we had the public reading of the scripture a little bit earlier. In Luke 12, if you read verse six and seven, and I'm not gonna go there right now, but it talks about how much God loves you and how much God values you. So if you realize who, what your identity is in Christ, it's easier to die to yourself and to love others which is what I want to get to right now for this portion of our conversation because when you receive the love of God, it kind of enables you, it's really God's love in you that enables you to love other people. And I know you guys had lots on small acts of kindness, so why don't you talk about that for a bit? Okay, well, you know, you might see that we're sitting on some new stools today. You know, these are beautiful stools, but they're not the church's and they're not ours. You know, when, when uh, Kim heard that it was going to be us, that was, how are you going to get up on that tall stool? I said, I, I don't think I can do it, you know? She said, I have a plan. Can you imagine bringing your own furniture from your own house for somebody to sit on to make the service so nice? Oh my goodness, she has to take it out of her house, drag it in here. Now she's got to take it back too, right? Oh, that's not a small act of kindness. That's a big act of kindness. Thank you, Kim. We're sitting very comfortably because of you. Hallelujah. And, yeah, and, we, and we have a special leader, uh, Pastor Orje, that, that uh, leads us down the right path. And he does a lot of preparation, a lot of prayer, and a lot of preparation, and a lot of prayer, and a lot of preparation. And, uh, but, but he has a heart that cares for each one of us and, and wants us to advance in the kingdom. He wants each and every one of us to be kingdom builders, to go and be the church. That's, and, that's, and I, just so you know, I sure took can't. that out of the notes and they put it back in. <laughs> Of course we put it back in. <laughs> I just wanted to see if they, like, just delete. <laughs> I tried. Go ahead. But we also have people in the church like Paul. Uh, he gets a hockey team together and teaches them. And, 
and uh, invites them over for supper and or takes them out for lunch. And then he turns around and invites them to church. So there's just a lot of people in church to do that does them acts, acts of kindness, like inviting people over for a meal and just things that God lays on our hearts to do. It just... And we, we hope, of course, there'll be time in heaven that we can get to meet every one of you and hear your God story. You know, we're so encouraged when we hear what God has done through you. And um, just, a, a, I think it was only a couple of weeks ago that we got to meet uh, Jeff and Beth. And they, they were just talking, you know, just like we're talking. And they said, oh, well, we, we took care of, of Jeff's parents. And, and then when they were gone, we took care of, of my mom until she was gone. I thought, wow. Wow, I mean, that is really an act of kindness day after day after day. And I know others of you have done that too. And we're just, we're just impressed too, just to listen to moms talk. You know, you can't beat a mom, can you? How much they love their children. And uh, so we were talking with a single mom, just she was over to our house for coffee and and she said, you know, I just had to call the school and go to bat for my son. They wanted to put him in this program, and I really thought he'd be better in another program. And I thought, wow, the love of a mom. And maybe just one other quick uh, testimony. We were talking to another mom, and her kids, her two boys are already grown, and they live at home. And, you know, I've heard some parents complain, oh, we can't get those kids out of the house, you know. And there's even an advertisement, the, Amer uh, the Canadian dairy guys, they have this cheese advertisement. Have you ever seen it? And these two grown guys are sitting at the table and mama's serving them food. And, and dad looks like, oh, there, here they are again. And then comes on this voice that says, they're staying with you because you keep serving them cheese. <laughs> so when I heard this mom talking so lovingly about her two grown boys living at home, she said, I love to fix breakfast for my boys. I just, I, it just fills my heart with joy. I'm just so happy to do it. Acts of kindness mm -hmm. in the home, in the community, in the church. Thank you. Well, the greatest act, act of kindness that I discovered was that God loved me. When I really realized how much God loved me, that was what gave me the desires to love others. It gave me the desires to search the scriptures and see how much Jesus loves everybody. And uh, it just, uh, it was almost like a driving force that I wanted to get out there and show God's love. So, But I kind of relate it to a baseball game, love. Uh, when I was a little tot, I was, uh, went to baseball practice, and of course you had to learn how to catch. You had to learn how to slide into base and stick your foot up so you could knock the ball out of the glove and just different <laughs> things like that. But... Uh, and how to catch the ball when the sun was shining. And, and, uh, but, but I had to be taught. To be a good ball play, baseball player, you had to be taught. And then it can be caught. And that's kind of how love is. You have to learn what love is, just like learning how to pray or you know, practicing prayer, practice ball. 
practice this, and, and then you can become good at it. But it's got to get into your heart. It's got to get into your spirit, but it just, uh, it just got there. I, I can't explain it, but I, it was just like I was driven with God's love. And not that I did anything, but it's what everything they did for me. Yeah. Absolutely. In the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. You know how people know you're a Christ follower? By how you love the people sitting next to you. By how you love the people in the room. You guys are easy to love. (laughs) Some people are a little more challenging to love. (laughs) My wife loves me so much that even when she's irritated with me, she prays for me. Mm -hmm. She probably prays for me more than she prays for anyone. (laughs) But I love that she just takes it to God in prayer. (laughs) Consistently, she just goes to God in prayer and lifts it up to him. And and, uh, I guess some of you she prays for more than others, but... You know, that's loving people, right? Isn't that loving people? And, and it's, it's how we treat each other as Christ followers that's the testimony to the world. That's the sign to the world that we're Christians. It's not our great music and we have great music. It's not our great preaching. It's not our ability to do things. In the, it's our love for one another. The way we treat one another is the sign to the world. And... and that can be challenging at times because as we talked about a few weeks ago, maturity only happens when you're around other people. And sometimes people can be difficult to get along with. Did anyone meet someone this week that was difficult to get along with? None of you did? If you didn't meet anyone difficult to get along with, my suggestion to you is um, leave your bedroom walk outside of the doors of your house and interact with some people and you'll find that, you know, some people can be really challenging. Um, James 119. (laughs) Yeah, this is a, it says, dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. My goodness. Uh, I had a bad habit of telling my wife, listen, you must listen. But, you know, that was a habit that uh, I had developed because Farm and I had three young guys that worked for me all the time, and, but I didn't know whether they were listening or not, so I, you listen to me, you know, and so they'd get the point, but... You know, my wife kind of scowled at me a little bit when I'd tell her to listen. And uh, so I learned to listen. (laughs) And I also learned to be slow of speech because sometimes you just don't know what to say. But the Holy Spirit usually gives us something to say Slow to anger. It's so easy to get angry nowadays. There's just so much going on and, and uh, uh, angry at the world. We're supposed to be angry at the world, but we're supposed to love the world. So, but anyway, there are some things that help us to listen, be slow to anger, and uh, slow to speak. That helps us 
in our walk in love. And you know, I think another thing that can help us is just two simple words, and that's, I'm sorry. You know, sometimes we cause harm that we don't even know we have caused. Um, and sometimes we irritate people, and maybe we even mean to irritate them. I don't know, or maybe we don't. But I'll never forget, uh, this happened very early in our marriage, and uh, uh, we farmed with Larry's dad, and he lived on one section and we lived on the other. And, and to make ends meet, Larry also worked in another job. So he usually didn't get home till almost 11 o'clock at night. And, and then early in the morning, his dad, who, who was very typical farm guy, he was up at four or five o'clock in the morning and over to our place always by six o'clock with, get up, where are you? He, was, he would just knock loudly, and, and sometimes I'd just say to Larry, just put the pillow over your head, turn over, you know. We, were, we just did not respond very well. Well, this went on for a couple of months. And then Larry, I don't know, that, that particular day, he was up, he was out, he was already um, working, and I heard a knock on the door. And when I went to the door and opened it up, there stood Larry's dad. And I said, oh, Lawrence, he's already outside. He's already working. And his dad looked at me, and he said, I didn't come to see Larry. I came to see you. And I, I was just shocked. And I wish you could see the picture. He's a very tall man, weather-worn, went through the deep depression. He took off his cap, and he said, I came to tell you I'm sorry. I should have never treated you guys like that. And he just turned and walked away. You know, that love that he showed for us when we were actually wrong just put a fire under us. I don't think Larry was ever. He was out the door before 6 o'clock. We just wanted to serve him. And, you know, I think that's a picture of Jesus. Like, like Larry said earlier, if you know how much Jesus loves you, if you can feel it, you just want to serve him. You just want to love people. You just want to do your best to be his light, his hands, his feet on this earth. Hallelujah. And some things that we really need to be aware of is offenses. Uh, they will come. The Bible says they will come, and they do. And uh, so we can expect that, but we can also... Uh, know how to take care of it. Uh, I, I like to look at offenses as uh, like a duck. A duck is so anointed with oil that when it rains, the water just goes off. And, you know, we're so, I hope that I'm so anointed with the Holy Spirit that all these offenses just roll off. We don't have to take them in. That was one thing that I really learned is it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, but it definitely makes a difference what God thinks. Absolutely. And that's who we're going to live with forever, and that's who I'm going to serve. Amen. Or he's going to serve me, I guess, when we get there. It says that he's going to prepare a place for me, a table. Just think of that. Isn't that that's awesome? Good deal. Mm. Amen. In John's Gospel, chapter 15, 
if we start reading in, in verse 9, it says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Mm-hmm. Remain in my love. Remain in my love. That's a key. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. There's a lot in that verse. But if we love him, we'll obey him. If we follow his commandments, we obey him. If he's given us a commandment to love God and to love others, to love our neighbor as ourself, the great commandment, right? He's given us the other one, the great commission, to go tell, tell others about his love for them, you know? If we love him, we'll obey. We'll keep his commands. We'll do what he's asked us to do. Any final thoughts on that? Remaining in the love of God? Well, I think, you know, we all have different giftings. And so we'll show the love of God in our, in our special giftings. And um, the first one is relationships, I think. It's really important. It's just so important to develop friends, especially in the body of Christ, but then we want to spread it to others, right? So do what we just have to do, what we have to do to show the love of God. And, you know, it always returns. Mm. The more we love, the more we give, the more we receive love. It's just like uh, being a friend. You want to be a friend? Be friendly. Mm-hmm. Be a friend. Sometimes it there's a cost to that, being a friend. It, it doesn't just mean say, oh, I love you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. She, oh, she's not my buddy. I mean, but, but she is my best friend. She really is. And uh, I'm so thankful. But the, the more love I show towards her, the more love she shows towards me. And that's really what love's all about. It's showing your love so that, other people will get a hold of God's love. Amen. Amen. And there's other gifts, too. Um, Relationships are super foundational, right? Mm -hmm. Super foundational. But there's also the gift of hospitality. And, you know, we have had the privilege to be in many of your homes, and it's just such a blessing. You know, when there's a nice dinner prepared for you, and the house is nice and clean, and there's good conversation. I mean, you just go away on a cloud, right? You just feel so happy, and it, it's, uh, it is just wonderful. And Larry and I, being missionaries, we've been in a lot of homes, I'm telling you. And I, I could say the body of Christ is alive and well in the area of hospitality. One time in North Dakota, how, has anybody ever been in North Dakota? <laughs> there we go. You know, there's there's kilometers and kilometers and miles and miles of, you know, you drive 100 miles to see a person. And we uh, were in this farm home, and the couple was over 80 years old. They gave us their bedroom, and he climbed la- a ladder up into the attic for another, like, a little pull-out bed so that we could be in the master with our own bathroom. And his wife, just such a precious soul, was up early in the morning, baked muffins for us. I mean, we were walking on a cloud. Those, those kilometers didn't seem like so many when we left their house. It was, it's just a beautiful thing. And there's one other gift that is very important in the body of Christ, and it shows, I believe it shows how much we love God. And that's our gift of giving. No church anywhere on the face of the earth can survive 
without finances. And we're just, we're just so blessed to sow into, into a good, good church. And we've been, we've been believing in tithing since I think we were about 25 years old. And we can, we would have to write a whole book to tell you of the miracles of tithing. But if you're not tithing, please, for your own sake, just begin in faith. Just begin in faith. Do I have time to tell the little by story or no? Okay. Yeah, and then go right into uh, Cuba. Okay. Okay. Yeah, All do. right. I'll just close with this little story about a lady. Um, unbelievable little lady. She was in the church with us, and her name was Vi. Well, this, I think Larry was, uh, he wasn't even 30, but the church made him uh, a trustee. We were like, oh, shocked. Anyway, so that meant that he, he counted money, you know, when you have speakers. or So we saw our first missionary ever. She came to the church. She was about in her 50s and all by herself, and she gave her um, presentation, and then it was offering time. Well, we had our banker there, and we had many landowners, and, and Larry had said to me, I think, well, you know, it's the first missionary we've ever seen, so I'm sure she's going to get a good offering, you know. So he was back. We both were back counting the money with another couple, and gosh, there was this dollar. There was like a $10 bill, a 20 Oh, we were just like, oh, this is not going too well. There were too many $1 bills. Well, at the bottom of that offering plate was a check, and it was folded. When we opened it up, and I'm telling you, this is 1975, there was a check for $75 from little Vi. This lady was the mama of five children, all still at home, her husband worked by the hour for a dry cleaning place. They literally, they rented their home. And there she had given out of her heart, out of just so much. And that, we, we just learned, like we're learning from you. We learned from her, just give with your heart because it will bless somebody that really needs it. That missionary, hallelujah, got out of the door with over $100, which in 1975 was quite a bit. And, uh, go ahead. But you really can't uh, outgive God, because uh, this lady that was so generous had a sister that passed away and left her $240,000 back then. And, uh, but she was just so giving that she paid all of our... We went to mission school, and she paid the, our food bill, our rent, everything. She paid for the three months that we were in Tulsa. So you can't outgive God. It's just, uh, but God is there to bless. I mean, he, he can't help himself. He just, he's just such an awesome God. Amen. But that's not the reason that we give. We give because he first gave to us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you wanting to go into communion? Yeah, yeah. No, Cuba. Oh, Cuba. Oh, oh excuse Cuba me. <laughs> <laughs> I got a C word, but I didn't get the whole yeah, word. It's you okay. Should, you should have said, let me give you a clue. <laughs>
Uh, were you talking about Scrabble at this service or last service? Oh, we didn't talk about Scrabble at this service. We love to play Scrabble, but we, I guess we get our words mixed up sometimes. Well, she does all the work. She gets all these words because she's pretty smart. Oh. But, you know, I go along and I put the INGs on them and I put the e EDs on them and the ERs and the LYs and, and she still beats me. Hallelujah. Well, we get to talk about Cuba. Thank you, Pastor RJ. Oh, hallelujah. Larry and I have been working in Cuba now for about eight years, and we work with two different um, pastor groups. One is in Las Tunas and Holguin area, and his name, well, they actually call him a bishop because he's over, works with 39 churches. And uh, it, it's just such a privilege. And then the other pastor is a, a the farming community pastor. Yes, his congregation is smaller, but his story is so big. Can you imagine just getting married and you say to your wife, well, don't you think we should just move out there where there's nothing and start a church? And she's agreeable. And I can't wait for all of you to meet them in heaven if you don't get to meet them in per person because they slept under the stars until they could build even a house for themselves. And today they have a nice work there. But we had we heard of a miracle for this trip already this morning. I, I don't know if you if any of you've heard, but Pastor Larry and Colleen are going with us, and Pastor Mitchell and his mom, Marjorie, who's head of the women's home. And we cannot be happier. And Selena is coming along. You met Selena in the testimony video. We just can't say thank you to God enough. And Pastor Larry told us that he got upgraded from his economy trip. I don't know how he did it. Goodness, we, we need to sit closer to him, I guess. Well, I'm, I'm going to trade him tickets. <laughs> <laughs> but That's because low. he got upgraded, we have four suitcases. And in faith, we'd already ordered 200 children's books in Spanish to take along. And we were just thinking... Oh my goodness, how are we going to, where are all these suitcases going to come from? And God provides. Amen. He does. So, as we're getting ready to go into uh, communion, you can all stand with me. My wife's going to come and share a little bit more along the lines of the message. But I want to encourage you all to give towards this trip. Um, what I'd like to do is cover the cost of the trip for the WCF portion of it that we can do. Um, and then uh, anything that comes in excess, which I'm believing will happen because you're all very generous. Uh, if you remember the sisters that shared back on the Multicultural Day, um, they have some connections in Turkey that need some support right now in dealing with relief with the earthquake as well. So I'm taking up one offering to accomplish two things, one to cover the cost of Cuba. Everything in excess of that trip, uh, we're going to put towards... Uh, the sisters over there in, in Turkey right now so that they can boots on the ground. Uh, if you're on the app giving, uh, please use the guest speaker uh, button. Uh, that'll get allocated with that. My wife wants to say nice things, so I want her up here for sure. Hi. Um, so first service, um, the Holy Spirit just really uh, prompted me to share. Um, just to uh, give you a little bit better of a picture, um, share a story personally, just to give you a little bit better of a picture, a framework, practically 
about how we love, you know, loving when we're not liking and what that looks like, you know, practically in our lives. And um, so I just wanted to share a story, you know, because, um, you know, Pastor Roger already said that we're not going to mature and grow in our Christian walk without people. And I say all the time, God does everything through relationships. He does everything through relationships and our relationships. And he does the best things through relationships, through a heart that's yielded to him and obedient to him. Boy, does he do some supernatural stuff um, if you allow him to. And the best things that he does is work when you allow him to in situations that appear to be dark but on both sides. But when they're dark on both sides, somebody has to let the light in. Someone has to let the light in. So Pastor RJ is, I just want to brag on him a, a little bit. He is, he's so good, so good at loving through conflict, loving through disagreement. Uh, he is, well, you're just the best man that I know. And not because you're perfect, but because you desire so wholeheartedly to love God and serve God. And you walk humbly before me. And you teach me every day. And he did this in the first couple weeks of our marriage when we had um, a disagreement. How many of you have disagreements with your spouses? People in your relationship with, we had a disagreement. And I had never had this model to me before. So loving through conflict, actively pursuing, you know, because it's easy to love people when they're, we're all getting along and everything's great and you have all those feelings. It's wonderful. It's good and everything. And you can keep loving. But when you don't feel like loving, you either choose to be led by how you feel or you choose to make a choice and walk in love, right? So Pastor Arjun, when we had first gotten married, we had a disagreement and we were, uh, had to get out and we had to leave. And we were still, you know, not liking each other. And so uh, we were leaving, and he, he took hold of my hand, because I was getting out the door quick, man. Like, I wasn't, like, wanting to be near him. And he grabbed my hand, and he said, Mary, let me open your door for you. And so just to give you a, some backstory, ever since the first time I met Pastor RJ, he has always, always opened every door for me. Every door. It's one of the many things and the little things that he does to honor me and respect me. Um, but he, all the time, every door at, when I remember to the point where now I sit in the car when I'm with my girlfriends and they'll be like, I ain't opening your door for you. You need to get out. <laughs> so I open my door. So anyway, so he grabbed my hand and he said, let me open the door for you. And I looked at him and I said, why, why are you going to open your, my door? I don't want you to open my door. And <laughs> I was ticked. So, you might have said it with a little more emotion. Yes, I probably did. Um, but he stopped me and he said, Mary, I know we don't like each other right now and we are not happy with each other. I need to do this not only for myself, but for us. Because if we allow our actions and our feelings to harden our heart, that prevents God from getting involved to help us solve and come to an agreement again. So he chose to come and open my door for me. And that, for me, that broke immediately something inside me. 
And I just began to cry and weep because I had never seen that modeled in my life where you can love through conflict and throughout our whole marriage. He has behaved this way to when we're having an issue, drawing me in, just hugging me and saying, sweetheart, we need to pray. I know we're not agreeing right now, but let's just stop. Let's hug each other and pray. You don't, with your friendships, with people in our lives, we can stop. We can choose to not be led by how we feel and act that way because that only hardens our heart and darkness just keeps being perpetuated. But someone has to decide, I'm going to let the light in and walk in humility and say, I'm going to decide not to be led by how I feel. I'm going to choose to walk in love and, and, and be humble and expose that vulnerability. And in that way, he led as a servant, as Jesus has done. And he's modeled that servant leadership to humble himself and say, even when he's not wrong, he's oftentimes he's right. And I say, (laughs) (laughs) he will apologize. (laughs) He is. And, And you need to also say, how many times do I say to you, honey, you're right? As many times as I say you're right. <laughs> That's right. Um, that he's the first to apologize and say, I, I'm sorry that this has brought conflict between us. Let's pray so that God can work on both our hearts so we can find a solution. And what that opens up is for the Holy Spirit to start working in me and then working in him. Because we've let the light in. Even though we're still in conflict, we still let the light in. And that doesn't change our behavior towards one another to still choose to love. Amen? So if I can, as we go into communion this morning, I would like to invite you to come join us at the altar today. If you have room in your heart for the Holy Spirit to work on you, to teach you how to love your conflict, how to love when it's hard, how to love in your family, in your relationships with people at work, how to love when it's difficult. And what you can do to be authentic. Because we don't want to be fake in our loving when it's hard. We want to be real. It could be as simple as bringing your coworker a coffee. You don't get along with them. You don't like them. But you can go up to them and say, listen, I know there's no love here between the two of us. But you know what? It's not going to get any better unless I choose to take a step towards you and understand you. And try to do something for you. And that could break down a wall and a barrier. So I wanted this morning to just bring you a coffee and say, I really hope you have a good day. I don't wish ill against you. I hope you have a good day. Here's a coffee. You would be surprised at how much that would break in their life. And all of a sudden, you have just shown them Jesus. In your family, in your marriages, when we do these things for even perfect strangers, we, you know, we, we are often so kind to perfect strangers and we Give, don't give the kindness to the people in our lives who love us and who we love. So let's determine today to think and listen and choose to walk in that love and choose to not be led by how we're feeling in the moment by asking God to help us to make a decision to humble ourselves and say, Jesus, how can I serve them right now and be authentic Not fake, but be authentic. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you today. 
for all of us who are willing to be authentic and say, Lord, I could improve in this area. Mm. To be authentic and say, Lord, I need help in this area. To be real and say, I need you to help me to love when it's hard. Because there's lots of times in our lives when it's hard to love. Because truly, many of us has been wronged deeply. There's many of us that have been betrayed and lied to and hurt deeply. And Lord, you want us to love authentically and love truly. To love with honor and truth and respect, Lord God. But I thank you that you can show us, you speak to us, Holy Spirit, on what we can do to love with our action and not be led by how we feel from our hurt and our pain, but to love by a simple extension of vulnerability and humility. I thank you, God, that today in your house, among your children who are the temple of God, that you're working in all of our hearts, humble before you, to go out and show a world how to love, what love looks like. Because loving is really loving when it's hard, when you're not liking at the time, but you choose to love and defer and to give and to prefer and to hope and to keep forgiving and keep forgiving and to hope. Because love never fails, Lord, and that's who you are. Right. So I thank you for the work that you're doing in all of our hearts. I thank you that you quicken to our spirits in the midst of a conflict, in the midst of a fight, in the, in the midst of disagreement, Lord, that there is a person who's involved, who's going to say, I'm going to let the light in. I'm going to let the light in and choose not to be led by how I feel, but to do what Jesus would do in Jesus' name. Jesus said, this is the cup of the new covenant and the blood I shed for you. Take this often and remember it to me. So, Father, I just, again, thank you for each person here. I thank you for the blood that was shed for them. I thank you that you are putting a fire in your people to be more like you. To have a heart that's going to burn for other people. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the precious blood that you shed to wash away our sins. That we would be so thankful and so gracious that we would want to share this to mankind. Thank you again. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Today, Larry and I have the closing, and what we'd like to do today is, I know you all know John 3, 16, and 17. So let's just, let's just say those two verses together as a prayer. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him might be saved. Hallelujah. Windsor Christian Fellowship. You have been equipped. Go be the church. Hallelujah. Have a great, great week.